0: All right, welcome to another episode of the Prosperous Man podcast, where we are just of the idea and of the thought that prosperity is more than money, and we aim to be successful in everything that we do, families, relationships, kids, jobs, we're looking to be successful and prosper in everything. So welcome, thank you for joining us for another episode today. Uh, With me have special guest, Jeremy, how do I pronounce your last name? Nori. Okay, Nori, Jeremy Nori, who I think might be my first guest that actually has an IMBD credits and links and everything. So I am excited about that. Uh, Jeremy, speaking of IMBD, has got a whole list of accomplishments and things that he's done in his life. We could sit here for the next 30 minutes and I could run, run down this, but I encourage you to look him up. Um, Everything from documentaries that he's produced for, you know, all streaming services, you name it. He has probably produced something or, or been a part of one of a streaming service that you subscribe to. So and he's got a varied and just a background that I think is going to be a blessing and just, you know, encourage us today. So everybody, let's welcome Jeremy. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure.
0: Awesome, awesome. So let's uh, let's start there. Let's start with your background because I saw like how'd you get into doing documentaries, and I know you've got like kind of like this rock star background. So right, how do you right. go from there to where you are now? Tell us a little bit about so, that.
1: I'll try to give you the short version. Okay. So um, you know, I started out growing up in California, but my dad is from Scotland, so I had a very kind of different upbringing. And that made me kind of an outcast right away. Mm. And, um, you know, I wasn't doing myself any favors at that time. Um, I learned kind of through, uh, you know, trial and error and um, having some success at certain things and not success at other things. Kind of, I I got my own personality and eventually I kind of gravitated towards that difference, that part of me that wasn't like everybody else. And I, I started to like that. And that kind of led me into a lot of the things that I would like too. And um, I remember being kind of high school age and hearing the, the hip hop group Cypress Hill. And they okay. were talking about cannabis a lot. And this was like really out there stuff to me at that time. I went to Catholic school and it kind of opened up that whole door. Um, certain kids in our class were like listening to this and they were the cool kids. Mm -hmm. and they were kind of getting into this and then I talked to some other kids and then eventually you meet somebody who's actually smoked cannabis before Mm -hmm. and then you start to realize oh maybe it's not like kind of what I thought it was or kind of this thing they're saying that it is and that just really opened the door to all kinds of things and my curiosity in various different subjects and specifically cannabis and so I I kind of did that for a while I started uh, writing for a website that was about mixed martial arts. And that was one of those rare, odd things that I kind of gravitated towards. And I got way into early on and it was restricted. So there was this opportunity to kind of do stuff because there wasn't really money in it. And I just wanted to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started writing for some websites and that opened the door to me writing for a cannabis magazine. And um, eventually when I took that opportunity, that opened the whole door to the cannabis industry. So I went from being a fan and like kind of looking at um, cannabis as like kind of similar to how people look at wine and getting really into all these little subtle things about it that weren't really well known. Mm -hmm. And to now then getting into the industry and going and meeting all these heads of these companies that were getting featured in the magazine. Eventually, I kind of started doing things in the cannabis industry that brought me my own kind of prominence and um, my own direction, and it was about concentrates, uh, hash, and okay. new kind of hash that was becoming popular at the time. And so I grew pot, I uh, made hash, I, I did all kinds of things in the cannabis so, industry.
0: So what's the time frame of this? Because you know, it's just become sure, legal. Sure like in the last, what, couple of years, I think, you know, states are starting to, so at the time you're doing this, is it still
1: so, illegal
0: where you are? Like, how do you?
1: So I was in California. So we were one of the very first medical cannabis places in the world. Okay. Canada, I think was before us, but, uh, the magazine I wrote for was from Canada and the owner couldn't come to the United States cause he had a legality issue regarding okay. cannabis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was the guy that was willing to drive and pay my own money to do all this stuff and not get paid by the magazine and just kind of get the, the feel of like writing and being published. And maybe someday I would be able to turn that into some sort of something else. Okay. And, um, that time was right when medical marijuana was becoming popular in California. So I'd say early 2000, um, right around there. And, um, I, that lasted for probably maybe almost 15 years of uh-huh. me writing for the magazine, right?
0: So and it was being long paid?
1: And not being paid.
0: Wow. And,
1: yeah, exactly. So what I learned quickly was that a lot of the things, so I had the opportunity to make my own uh, articles too. I didn't only have to do the things that they wanted me to do. And okay. I learned, oh, I could get stuff from these people. For featuring their products or featuring their story. And so that was usually what I was getting out of it. Um, okay. Kind of that was the perks at mm-hmm. the time. So I get like, oh, the new vaporizer that I wanted. And some of these yeah. things were hundreds of dollars. So
0: yeah, okay, kind of like a brand deal. Or yeah, kind of sort of.
1: Exactly. And, okay. And then I also could just do stories that I wanted to focus on. Like I would hear some sort of story and I'm like, that's a moving story. Let's do it and that's kind of how I do filmmaking too, okay. but uh, I, I was doing this event, um, so in the cannabis industry, I, I kind of got a name for myself, and I met all these different people, and we all kind of knew each other that were in this like concentrate world early on, and some of my friends were competing in the big cannabis cups from High Times Magazine, Okay, and that inspired them to create their own event. They weren't thrilled with um, the process and there was a lot of questions on Mm. who was winning these things and why. And so I'm sure you can imagine. So that kind of brought our thing around. And and as we were doing this event, it really caught on right away. And it was this really like kind of core thing. Um, The grassroots movement of the whole cannabis industry all the people kind of took to it right away. Mm -hmm. And we were risking things that we didn't know if we were going to get in trouble for or not. And, you know, eventually I was doing these state to state. So I traveled all over the United States doing them. And I did one in Amsterdam. I did one in Spain. And I almost got arrested many times. And there's a whole bunch of crazy stories about all that. And, um, and you know, growing up, I, I had a, a, a pretty difficult uh, experience. Like I got home invaded multiple times. I've been robbed multiple Aww. times. Had really crazy things happen um, in the whole world of, of getting to this point where we were doing the event. The event was special and I thought, we need to start documenting this. We need to film it. Started filming the event and like it was an expensive thing, but the quality was really good. And I thought, now maybe we have more than just like highlight videos here. We could maybe make this into an actual film. Okay. And that was how I got into like filmmaking basically.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. So totally
1: untraditional way of doing I see, all. Yeah,
0: of- you've got a, just a different route yeah. path of getting there. So yeah, and Some
1: of the things I did, I would make money at. And then some of the things it would be like what we were talking about before, where it was mostly a losing money thing, but it it got me opportunity. Right. And I was hoping to be able to turn those different opportunities into money. And and for the most part, um, it was mentally very difficult because you're constantly failing, fail, fail, fail. And even you're having success. And then that starts to dwell, like run out. And it just feels like wow, why am I doing this? You know, I should have gone to college. Like I, like all of this yeah. stuff becomes very, very mentally difficult. And it, it's perspective. You have to kind of like get yourself out of that and like, look at it as no, I'm going to, I'm going to go back at it. Maybe something else will come from this and, you know, just keep working and keep trying to progress.
0: So, so talk to me about that process. Cause I think, you know, any I know entrepreneurship is hot word everybody likes to throw it around but I think anytime you want to do something you know even as you're kind of finding your way we all have that point where okay do I give this up because I'm like you said I'm failing time after time or I'm running up against this wall time after time talk to me about your process of like getting through that like
1: yeah so this right now is like kind of a poignant thing for me because I feel like this filmmaking process um, really helped me to get through it. And it was some of the topics that we did that kind of pointed out things and just kind of ways to think about stuff that I hadn't really been doing that well. Mm. So um, while I was doing these events, like I, I was kind of like a famous person in the cannabis industry. People would come up to me, at, like people recognize me that I didn't know, they would come up to me and they'd be like, oh my God, you're my hero, or like, you're a legend in my house, and
0: like, quick uh side question, Uh tell me what, what's that first, like, I'm, I'm just a guy in Michigan, so what's that first interaction where somebody recognized you, what's that like, it's like, you know, kind of like that, like that first time you realize, So for me, it was like,
1: oh, you must be mistaken. You must think I'm someone else. (laughs) But then, yeah, you realize that, oh, no, they think that you are the person that you are. And it's this really amazing moment where, like, for me, it was both, like, this really, pump. I I had to have, like, dopamine release. Like, this was a chemically beneficial thing for me. Like, I, I really felt it, but the ego, you get why people get lost in that, you know, okay. it's so good feeling, mm-hmm. but then there's also part of me that is like imposter syndrome where I'm like, oh, they yes. think I'm this guy that I'm not
0: really that guy. Yeah. So you, you, know. you have both of those almost <laughs> the, at the exact same time. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it's tough. And, and I thought that I was totally humbled from it that I was not being affected by this stuff and people give me free things and like all this, it was really a wonderful time. (laughs) Um, But like, as the events stopped being popular and the money stopped being there to be able to keep them going and people started to realize, Oh, this wasn't, you know, the thing that maybe they thought it was or Mm -hmm. whatever reason they're just not into it anymore. That's just kind of how things go, you know, Yeah. Uh, especially in like, partying and like the entertainment mm-hmm. side of things you, it's, to...
0: you know kind of like with the ebbs and flows. sometimes it's hot and things are going yeah. well and then it's like oh okay you know. so it
1: stopped happening to me and then like I dealt with it pretty well at first but then after a while of not having something else that was like successful I started noticing like I, I felt like oh am I depressed now like is this mental stuff that I'm going through like some sort of disease or something i'm not even, mm-hmm. like you want to kind of not have the responsibility you know you're yeah. like oh this is something that's affecting me that i have no control mm-hmm. over or something you know something mm-hmm. of that. but like as i started to do um the film so making the secret cup movie wasn't going well for the longest time and that the event was called the secret cup just okay. saying and uh the documentary like we finished it and then I thought, okay, all these people were gonna be able to open these doors for me and they couldn't open them for whatever reason. And I'm just getting no, no, no. And I'm thinking, oh, like I spent all this money on this thing and I, I was hoping that this was gonna like kind of rejuvenate maybe my cannabis career. And like, as it started to go on, like I started getting less and less hopeful for that. And I had a very hopeless time period where I felt lost, felt like I had no direction. And even when the Seeker cup thing started to open up and I met the people that really were filmmakers and they started showing me, oh, here's what you did wrong, but there's potential there. We can make this happen. Like that whole thing, it was, it was great for a while, but like after a while and you don't have any money coming in and you're starting to think about, oh, you know, maybe this isn't going to be the thing that it, I thought it would be. It, it it makes you look down on yourself. And perspective is, is really important in that sense. You know, mm-hmm. um, as I started to even do this filmmaking, we didn't like make a bunch of money right away. Right. Even the ones that have done well for me, I'm not rich, mm-hmm. you know, like there's Wonderful stuff that people say, and I'm able to do these podcasts, and all this stuff, um, as I'm doing other films, people will be like, "Oh, I saw your other films, and I like this and that." And all that stuff is the real reward for me, you know mm-hmm. um, And then I also have a lot of free time. My perspective mm-hmm. originally was success is money, right? Mm-hmm. And as I started to kind of look at a lot of other people that I knew, they had no free time. They're like, Oh, I got to do this. You know, I got to do that all the time. Like they're maybe they had money to like do things on the weekend once in a while, mm-hmm. but like their lives are like this really chaotic thing. And, and I'm, I don't want that in my life at all. Yeah. And I'm totally happy to make a lot less money and have a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. So as I started to get my perspective changed on like, Oh, what is success? Like what about my life um, makes me happy? And, and what about it is like just this other stuff that like, it, it was nice to be worshiped or like thought of in high regard by all these things. But like, that isn't always gonna continue no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. You have to find a way to be happy without it. Yeah. And, and yeah. so that's kind of what I got out of filmmaking. We did this film called Mindfulness Well, is mindfulness right for you is what we called it. And there was a lot of talk about kind of being in control of your thoughts, recognizing when you're having negative thoughts or things that maybe are not true, um, kind of self-analyzing those things, and then replacing negative thoughts with positive thoughts. Like gratitude for me is the big one. And then also just kindness, like wishing happy things upon people,
0: even people you don't like. Yep. That's, I mean, that's awesome. There's this uh, lady that I follow. She's like a, I think it's a neuroscientist that studies the brain, uh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Caroline Leaf. And she's big on that. Like you can, you can take those negative thoughts and kind of get rid of them or replace them with, like you're saying, something positive, something to do with gratitude or, you know, anything, you know, just in a different direction and, just the power that has on your brain, the way it affects your body, your mood, your attitude, like, like I'm not a scientist, so I can't give you all
1: of that, but it it as Push-ups for your brain, you know, like you work out and you get your body like, you know, in shape. But the first time you go to do push-ups, it's hard and it's not fun and you maybe don't want to do it again the next day. And then it takes a while before you even start noticing anything is happening you know mm-hmm. but then as you keep doing it and you keep practicing and, and get in this like routine of getting better at it and doing pushing yourself to do harder and harder things then there will be a moment where you're like hey yeah. this is working yeah you know and yep. and that moment is really profound
0: mm-hmm. i like to think of it almost as like kind of putting putting money in the bank like mm-hmm. you don't recognize it until the emergency happens or you're having kind of like that mental, I don't want to say breakdown, but you're having that mental thought where you're going through, you can kind of sense the beginnings of that, where it could be like depression or anxiety or like the imposter syndrome. But yeah. if you've got, if you've got a bank kind of stored up of those positive thoughts and feelings and things you're able to pull from that a lot faster, if there's nothing there than if there's some, you know, than if there's, I totally
1: agree. It's like a buffer zone, right? Where like, when you're up this high, if if you get brought down a little lower, you're still okay.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And if you can use those same techniques that got you up this high, you can probably recover from that low relatively quickly.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So are you still doing filmmaking? So what does kind of success look for you look like for you now? as you define success
1: yeah like granted i will say in the realm of filmmaking i learned that i am far more successful at this than the average filmmaker in an extraordinarily short amount of time and the reason for that is because my partners have been doing this for 25 years and gone through all the ups and downs um you know they Mm -hmm. are very very uh more qualified, more educated, like they're far superior in the realm of filmmaking in a lot of ways. But um, for me, I get to just learn from them. They're like kind of apprenticing me into this whole thing. Like, here's how you shoot this, do it this way. Here's how you do this, do it this way. And so granted, I don't have like this huge film school type knowledge of all these different techniques, but I know how to do the thing that we're doing Mm -hmm. and um, there's certain things that I'm pretty good at, like uh, doing the director and being the interview thing. I'm, I do that pretty well, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so uh, when, when we do our films now, he moved. So he taught me how to do the camera work, how to set up the sound, how to do the lighting. So I just go by myself and you know I interview, I, I do everything myself. And then I send all of my interviews over to him with the B-roll that I'm able to get from the interviewees.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then he kind of, he does all the posts. He edits okay. it, he does all the graphic stuff. He does the distribution and marketing and okay. all that stuff is is his thing. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a awesome. pretty good thing.
0: So that's really good. So, you know, I think, you know, kind of what you hint at there is um, kind of the, the circle of people that you keep around you, kind of being able to have that mentor, mentee,
1: relationship
0: with with the right people or people, at least in your industry and what you're trying to do, being able to have people that have been in it longer than you, or at least have a little more knowledge about what you're trying to do.
1: Absolutely. And and he and I, our personalities click real well. We're real genuine and um, honest. So Mm -hmm. uh, he is different from me in that he has a lot more like anxiety issues and he doesn't really deal well with some of the situations where I don't have that at all. Okay. And, you know, from being, especially in the cannabis industry, like nobody's trying to arrest me for making films. <laughs> I have no like stress when it's like mm-hmm. doing this kind of stuff versus a, a lot of other people. Oh, and nice. and then, yeah. And so then the other side to it also is, um, like we, we just kind of pump it out. A lot of people spend a long time doing these films and, and some of them spend a lot of money. We spend very little money. We just kind of go and, and get the core story. There's, there's this thing of like facing adversity, some personal connection. These are kind of core things. As you watch our films, you'd be like, oh, this is similar kind of story to Okay. Of this stuff. And even the pro wrestling one. So I'll do all kinds of topics. We'll do aliens and bigfoot. Anything I'm interested in. Yeah, let's take a crack at it. And some of the films that have done really well for us have been ones we did not expect to do well at all.
0: So so what's a, um what's the average time frame for you of putting together a documentary from you know from idea to yeah,
1: yeah. It can in vary. Product. Yeah, it can vary. So, so for me, it's like I said, I have a lot of free time, right? So I'm not like banging out interviews every day. If I didn't live in the mountains and have these other responsibilities and these things that like kind of prevent me from just like traveling, maybe I'd do it faster. But for the most part, it takes say a few months. I'd say yeah. maybe three months or so. Uh, Every now and then I'm able to kind of orchestrate something like the mindfulness thing. We shot that in a weekend. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then for me shooting all of it, then it goes to the post and then that takes maybe another month, maybe two. Okay. So, you know, the fastest we can go from like nothing to something is like maybe two, three months. Okay. Yeah. But I've, the pro wrestling one took me over a year because some of those interviews are difficult to get. And, you know, as I'm, you know, working on other projects, I'll like, I'll put that on the back burner and I'll get back to that. Mm -hmm. So it can vary, you know?
0: Okay. So like some of the, I guess like film festivals and you mentioned like these people, you know, you know, the big ones, the Kane Film Festival, you know, stuff like that. So what's your what's your mindset? Like, cause you know, there are people that are producing films kind of waiting for that big break, you know, to to win an award at a yeah. big film festival. Mm. How do you keep yourself kind of balanced where you're like, okay, I want to just keep going to do what I'm doing. But I also know that, you know, it could be any film that blows up and gets nominated, wins an award or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. just that balance there of like, keep going. But you know, you kind of, you kind of want that recognition? Absolutely. It,
1: it, so for me, it is the belief that I can continue to just do this. You know, I'm not restricted to my last film. And so if whatever film we've done uh, becomes that super popular film and makes us, you know, $100,000 or something crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like that would be um, kind of the juice to, to maybe revive some of my other projects. Maybe that could pump some, some life into those. Maybe it could open up doors. You mentioned film festivals. So when we're doing film, there's like a typical way that you're supposed to do this. And then there's the way that I do this. And like my other partner, he's very similar. He's like, we're just going to do this, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? So um, the way that we just put movies out and then we make very little on them, that is not typical most places are kind of holding on to their films as like gold and they want to get a bunch of money for Mm -hmm. it um, before they're willing to sell it whereas we are just like put it out put it out put it out Mm -hmm. and then if something hits then we're like oh that's interesting maybe we can do that kind of again in a different way Mm -hmm. or like from doing film festivals one of the things that you're Supposed to do is like so you make your film, but you don't sell your film first. You put your film into the film festivals. And most of the time these are short films. Mm-hmm. And you're trying and see what hits. And if something kind of does well, oh, then maybe you can get some financial backing to make a feature-length project ah. out of the short thing that you did. And um, and then there's also all kinds of other things like, oh, you put out a feature and somebody sees it, and they want to do something similar, or they want that feature, or they want to do the same feature, but with money. And, you know, like, there's all these options, and you can meet um, uh, brokers, you can meet all kinds of uh, PR people, press, like, um, uh, uh, you can meet managers, you can meet all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, those are the people who open doors for you typically in filmmaking. So you put your movie out, you you get hopefully some attention from someone. They want to do this other project and there you go. And that's how you get money. Okay. But the way that we do it is like, we just put our projects out. We kind of, um, we're doing it independently. So mm-hmm. we're going to a lot of places that are open to a lot more films. They're not just mm-hmm. like Netflix isn't gonna take our film unless one of our films really does well for some reason, we're not probably getting to Netflix or or those kind of places just yet.
0: Okay. Yeah. But it it, like it sounds to me almost like a kind of like a social media approach to your films is like if just consistently putting content out there, you like then you'll you'll be able to see kind of what hits, what doesn't hit, what's resonating. And sometimes you do it because you enjoyed it, and you wanted to, you know,
1: <laughs> you no, wanted absolutely. to be out there. And and as they're out there, they're constantly generating a little bit okay. of income, right? Yep. So you know, they might be kind of not doing that well, and then something in the news happens, and then boom, it resurges. One of the ones, or or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. those kind of things happen.
0: Okay, so I guess um, have you noticed? Since you've been making these documentaries and you have the cannabis background, have you noticed a kind of like an uptick in your documentaries or films as as it has become legalized in different states kind of across the country? Have you seen a difference in kind of your industry and what you've been doing as it's been, you know, as that process has been happening?
1: Originally, I thought I was only going to be making cannabis related films and that the door for that was kind of shut for a long time. Um, then shows like Weeds kind of opened it up to where, oh, not only was this show popular, it was the most popular show on television. So maybe there is some sort of cannabis draw. And there've been a few different projects out there that have done okay here and there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, cannabis content is pretty bad. And uh people like when other stations are trying out content and they don't really know, like you can yeah. tell, like they're very lost as to like what's going to be a, a good storyline and, mm-hmm. and what people will want to watch. Yep. So it, it's kind of a lot of the cannabis shows are geared towards the mainstream public and the mainstream public is somewhat interested in cannabis, kind of not that interested in cannabis,
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I wonder if it parallels because, you know, there's been a big, big um, kind of like a push for more minorities, more women to just to have that representation on shows and content and, you know, but also wanting those same people behind the scenes. So it's not just a kind of like a mainstream or this is what general public thinks, right? woman is supposed to act like or what a you know a african-american or a brown man you know just what it actually looks like and i wonder if that's the same thing kind of with cannabis maybe you know there is that like
1: to an extent but the thing that we're all waiting for is like oh when are the authentic cannabis uh community representatives like people like myself people like the people i've looked up to when are they going to start being the ones that are on these shows whenever mm-hmm. we see people on these shows it's always like
0: you see a somebody stereotypical... that we would, like,
1: how the hell are they even on here like who wants to hear? and or it's somebody that you know because they're a celebrity yeah. but like they have extraordinarily limited cannabis knowledge and experience even too mm. okay. so it, it's coming hopefully The genuine cannabis, uh, you know, pioneers is what I like to call them. Hopefully those people are going to get their voice heard pretty soon.
0: Okay. So um, since you're not doing so much of like in that, in that realm with cannabis, what are you, what are you currently working on or like what's, Uh what have been your last couple of like films that you've been uh, leaning leaning more towards? The
1: Secret Cup film is about to come out after eight years in the making Yeah. So, uh, eight years of trying to get that movie done. Um, but I've been doing films for about two years successfully. Okay. So we have a couple other cannabis topics, um, some cannabis pioneer stories about this person and that person. And, and, uh, There's a regenerative farm like with really good new techniques about being conservative and reusing things. I'm going to do a story on that, I think. Okay. Um, Those are our cannabis stories. But um, our pro wrestling one's just about to be released. So that's a female pro wrestling um, documentary. Okay. And and, uh, then we have psychedelic medicine. We have a, a documentary about that. And this also is a big popular topic right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, and it's not geared towards any one specific psychedelic. We feature many. Okay. And I myself have a great deal of experience with that. If you have any questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, we have also, um, uh, I just filmed for uh, EVP. So ghosts. Like,
0: oh, okay. You know, I was about you, to ask, what does EVP stand for?
1: It's electronic voice phenomenon. So it's the people that record uh, like rooms and then they play it back. And then it's like the voice of something that they, oh. you know, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm very skeptical on this particular topic, <laughs> but I am extremely interested in the concept of the afterlife and consciousness So there's overlapping um, stuff there and and quantum physics, right? So there's, there's some real stuff. I'm trying to keep an open mind on it
0: and try, you know, Hey, try it. And you see, see, see what it's like. Have the experience. Very interesting. Okay. Awesome. So um, that's great. Um, Anything else uh, that you want the people to know as we're kind of wrapping up here,
1: Um, Oh, yeah, sure.
0: Projects that you're working on, where they can find you, reach Mm -hmm. out to you?
1: The best way to find our movies is to just type my name into your search function of wherever it is that you're streaming movies. So most of my movies are on um, Amazon Prime. And then there's another platform called Tubi TV. Mm -hmm. Almost everything I've made are on those two platforms. So if you're having trouble finding anything, you can go there. But uh, we're on hundreds of, of streaming platforms. And you never know, I think we're on like Google Play. And there, there's a whole bunch of different ones that I don't use that we're on. Okay. So feel free to look for them anyway. And then you can also type my name into IMDB. And there's, uh, there's my whole listing of all the movie credits there. Uh yeah, that and I also have an Instagram. It's Sky Island Storytelling. Okay. Same thing on Facebook
0: too. Okay. Awesome. We'll put links to to his Instagram and the Facebook in the show notes for everybody and yeah, take a look and see some documentaries and see what Jeremy's working on. So uh, Jeremy, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. That was just a awesome story and background and kind of where you are now. So thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Awesome.